How do you fight a sa- such a savage as the Twins and White Sox with heart, faith, and steel? In the end, there can only there can be only one. We're gonna get into three battles, multiple people, and in the end, there can be only one. Or in the case of the bullpen, two players making it. You can get the movie reference. Comment below. I'm hoping you all got it. But who will be the one to come out ahead with? Uh, the quickening and all the knowledge that goes within. Find out our thoughts on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Uh, that's Justin. I'm Jeff. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And also to say we have your team, the Cleveland Guardians, covered every day. Having said all of that, uh, and again, comment about random... I, I don't think it's an obscure movie, but uh, another one that went over Justin's head, much like my Streets of Fire referencing from last week. I'm just going to keep throwing these random 80s movies that I loved that maybe not everyone saw uh, in, uh, in in throughout. But uh, we got things to talk about. Let's get into. So do you want to start with catcher, outfielder or reliever? Well, I would say catcher is probably a done deal. We have to figure out how Cam Gallagher is going to fit on the roster uh, after today's moves. You had uh, Xavion Curry sent down to AAA. Nick Nikolacek uh, reassigned Miley Camp. We'll get into that in a few minutes too. But essentially there's two open spots. So Sam Henches is going to start the year in the, the IL, no, mo- most likely. Cody Morris. I would say let's start with the bullpen actually because um, Tim Heron I think has a spot locked up, right? I think yeah, this, this bullpen is – yeah, it needs to. He and he's pitched fine this spring too. Everyone has praised the work he's done. He's still developing, and he's got a good fastball. I think they're pretty pleased with him. So I wouldn't be surprised if Cody Morris starts the year on the sixth of the IL. That gives them a spot temporarily. Um, gosh, this will be the third straight year that Cody Morris opens the season on the sixth of the IL. It's not what you want. Not a streak. You I want. mean, do do we think he's going to miss that much time? Well, if you retroactive it, I think it can work. I don't know. I don't know when you can start retroactiving. I know you can because the Dodgers already did it with Walker Buehler, who's going to be out for the season. So there is, you can retroactively place guys on the 60 day IL and he has not made a spring appearance yet. So they can, they can do it from the first date that it's allowed to, to that move to be made. I have to go back and look. Uh, if you look at whatever day Walker Buehler was put on, I think that's the first day it was allowed because the Dodgers already did it. So you would do that and then assume that, um, he's going to, you know, you can still bring him back, whatever it's retroactive to 60 days. He has to go to the minors and, um, you know, ramp back up and then you figure it out from there. But that According should open to spot. the MLB one. They have to be on it for a minimum of 60 days. Right. He could be on it and spring training can yeah. count. That, so like I said, a... well, I, let me, let me find the Dodgers pace. Cause the Dodgers did it. Like I said, a while. I know they put a bunch of guys on, but I don't think any of them necessarily count towards retroactive status. Can you, I'm not sure if you can, can you do the retroactive with the 60 day DL? I know you can. No, no. 
You know who know this answer is our, our kinsman who will probably comment I, I, for this. Let yeah, us know. I don't think you can on the 60. I think you only can on the 10 because if you look at the MLB rules, they mention retroactively for 10 day disabled list. There's no mention in the 60 day. So I think retroactive only works with a 10 day DL because it's a shorter period of time. Um, this says, according to MLB trade rumors, it says it's, it's worth pointing out that the 60 days don't start until opening day, which is March 30th. So yeah. actually, yeah. So there is no retroactive day this year. So, uh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I guess, I guess, um, I guess you can't retroactive him. So I don't know if I'll miss 60 days. That would put, I think, a, if you go, I think the Dodgers just knew like fire eyes and Bueller, all of them weren't going to play. So they just put them on yeah, the spot. I just, I thought that's the first day they could do it. So I assume that's what it was, but that's a new rule. So, uh, what is 60 days from March 30th? So that's April, May. So we're talking, that would be June, right? June, be, before he can even pitch. And, yeah. I don't know if they'll do that. I don't know if he's yeah. going to be out that long. I mean, he hasn't started a, throwing bullpens yet. So, but I don't, I, it, it also depends on the role too. Like if they, if they intend to build him out as a starter again this year, then yeah, I think he could be 60 days because he needs time to ramp up. But if he's going to be a reliever, then no, it's not 60 days. So, it really depends on what they've decided for Cody Morris's role, but either way, Tim Heron's on the 40. So that's a lock, right? Yeah. So it's really, it's really the second bullpen spot for Tim, for Sam Henches while he's out and, or for Cody Morris too. So Tim Heron makes it all you, I guess the easy move is to put Gaddis in the bullpen because yeah. he's, already I just think 40. that, yeah, I think, you know, when we got the other two battles that we're going to talk about, um, you got to say those, bro. You know, that that's where the room is. I don't think there's room to add Kelly. And listen, you and I both like Hunter Gaddis. Uh, you and I both think that he's probably a future reliever. You know, the fastball is kind of the show me pitch for that change, which is one of the best changes in the entire system. Uh, it's a true weapon against lefties or righties. So I think you're okay putting him in there. That's probably eventually where he's going to go. They have all those young high-end arms charging up through the minors anyways. Uh I think that you kind of put him there and you, that could be his long-term home or it could be a short-term home for the time being. But I, I think there's two, the deck is too stacked against Michael Kelly, unless, you know, I mean, honestly, it comes down to, we'll get into a little bit more. Do they make another Will Benson S trade? Do they sit there and trade a Tenya for, for a lesser value? Do they trade a Ty Freeman for a lesser value? If they feel like he is not, I, you know, I think we know it was a spot. I think we really know who the guy who the guy is here. It's Richie Palacios. Yeah, but they're probably gonna if they trade Richie Palacios, that means Roman Quinn made the team, so then they need two spots. So I guess we should switch into that conversation. You and I both think, like I said, Kelly is a great story. He's an older player. He's missed bats throughout his career. Phillies last year. Um, he'll, he might get an opportunity at some point this year. You know, if someone gets hurt, that opens a forty-eight a little more. But moving to the outfield, if they. I don't know if Palacios has any trade value. They might at this point in time, just try to pass him through waivers. I don't think he, I don't think he's netting you anything because that, there are serious questions. If he has any defensive position, um, you know, he, he may, I, and he may not get through waivers. If I'm honest, like there, it, if I was a team, I would certainly give him a try. He hasn't really had a huge extended look, but uh, if they're letting him go, then that means Roman Quinn makes a team and then you have to make another move. So. Yeah, that's, that's it's tricky. I mean, yeah, the only guys that are really on the fringes here are are Richie and yeah, I guess Tyler Freeman, but I just can't see them moving on from Freeman right now. 
may, yeah, maybe T- Tenna is is the guy they would. I don't know. They, I think they like him a little too much, and they still do, think and yeah, they need depth. I think the other problem too, it's like if you want to make a Benson type move, you're not getting that with Tana. Like you might get that with Freeman. You're not getting that with Tana. Tana just doesn't have much trade yeah, value. Yeah, doesn't have. So yeah, you also have to. Yeah, you have to look for the guy who has some trade value to do a Benson esque move. And you look at those depth guys on the assist, the roster. It's like unless you're going to trade one of the pitchers like Curry. Or unless you're gonna, you know, flip one of these relievers, but then that just makes the relief issue a bigger issue. So it does feel like when you go through and you just look, and it's like it, when you look at infielders who are in the minors, you've got Martinez, Tana, Rocchio, Freeman, and Brito. And if you feel like Rocchio is coming on fast, then I mean Freeman's just even more under the gun, and he's he he could net you something, and that's something. You know, I just feel like Tana's going to net you Owen, what Owen uh, Miller netted, which is nothing so far. I'm telling you, that trade is going to be Owen Miller for Owen Miller. It's going to be – it's they're going to get to the end of the season. And they're going to be like, yeah, actually, you could take Owen Miller back. That's how it's going to go. It's going to be – I mean, um, Owen Miller's now a center fielder, so they're going to uh, – and I haven't looked at his spring stats, but it's going to be Owen Miller for Corbin Burns is what I thought you'd say. Oh, well, that I mean, yes, that's obviously a fair trade. But, I mean, they uh, seem to really like Jason Billis. You and I thought he might be uh, – Oh, you know trade. what? That's that's a, that's another one we didn't talk about. Jason Billis, I think, will be the, will be a guy that goes odd man off. So they seem to like him as a bullpen option, but I would, I would be stunned if they didn't try to pass him through waivers at this point. Just because yeah. – unless – he already got sent to minor league camp. I think if he was open yeah. in the year in the bullpen maybe, but – uh, and the the one thing with that is too is they're a late team in the claiming process, so those those other teams weren't all that interested um, before that. So you got a chance of yeah. having him pass through. So I get. I mean, I guess if you let go of Palacios and Billos, there's Quinn and Gallagher. We assume, but still, I mean, it's it's tight. Like I would not be shocked if if there was also. I, I would just keep in the back of your mind the idea of another Will Benson esque trade where they kick the can down the road. Right. And again, I mean, I would. I think Tyler Freeman's a major league player. I, I know I've been a little rough on him of late. I think he's a major league player, but I also would not hesitate in a second if I could get a comp B pick for him, which was what they originally drafted him with. And that's not a knock on him. That's just, just in this draft. Man. Yeah. And this, it, this draft is looking very deep, very good. I can't um, wait more draft. Yeah. And, but the thing is like comp B picks have really been undervalued in trades through years. So like that might actually be an equal value for a guy who could come in and help the right team. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll go and look at the list and see what teams make sense for that. But Seattle. speaking of things, potentially though, Seattle hoards those picks. Jerry Depoto, he he is he. Lo- I mean, he tries to add more, not less. He's one of the few people who values him. But speaking of things of value, our good friends over at Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. I was playing this just again today because I really enjoy this game. Like I said, I own the NFL. Well, I'm sorry, not NFL. The baseball, football, and basketball versions. The baseball one is the hardest. It has the most depth. You have to have a majors and a minors. You have to set your team. Now, what I I like managing, or I like being the GM more than I like being the manager. So, like, when I play OOTP, I might set what the lineups are, but I'm not playing every single game. I do a lot of that sim. And what I like about Ultimate Pro GM on my phone is you're playing GM. I'm not setting a lineup. I'm not going into the individual games. You can watch the games play out if you want, see what's happening, but you have no control. It's like you're the GM. It is that experience. It's fun scouting guys, drafting them, you know, putting the trades together and slowly improving your team, improving your whole situation. It's got kind of like the RPG story mode in it where you're sitting back and you have to develop all your facilities as well. 
So I really enjoy it. And by the way, again, I'm 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 gonna set up and see since I have a different name if I can take first, second, and third in our competition and walk away with a cool grand because it is a combined grand in money. And from what I've seen talking and from other hosts posting, like this money is mine. Like no one's come close to buy win total. I don't think anyone. I think I've already won the six fifty. I think it's probably coming to my door tomorrow because uh, they might as well just give up. So I'm just gonna try to get the other amounts. Uh, there's no point. I have taken their lunch. Well. You may be taking everybody's lunch there. Uh, you could take back control of your ticket buying process uh, without having any anxiety. Buying to your buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful, Jeff. Uh, game time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, plays near you. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and get hyped for all the fun you're going to have at the event. Uh, they have flash deals and on and last minute tickets. You know, Guardians is already sold. Guardians open day is already sold out. They have standing room only tickets, but standing room only is not your thing. You can head to the Game Time app and they will have tickets for you. They're easy to find. Uh, they have images of each seat view. I know I really value what view I'm going to get from a seat when I'm buying it. They have a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget money planning in advance. They have t- tickets right up to the day of the event. So if you want to go to the home opener on April 7th, uh, you can get tickets on April 6th, literally, and, and still go. Uh, they have flash deals on, on seats for all events near you. And the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time is going to credit you 110% of the difference. So snag tickets without stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code M- locked on MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And I realize I am a terrible host. I forgot to say, go do the lock the uh, Ultimate GM. Use the promo code Locked On all capitals to get your free one hundred percent bonus in the shop and download that because it's a lot of fun. Do you have any last second thoughts on the roster? I mean, we're 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 a week away, so we can probably still yeah. speculate a little bit longer. But I think I, mean, I think ideally it's going to be Heron yeah. and Gaddis in the bullpen. Gallagher yes. is the catcher, and then I don't know. I could see Quinn making the roster. I could. Here's, the, here's so I know some people have said I still think Melbus uh, has a chance. I, I think he's probably better than Cam Gallagher, but they have really telegraphed Gallagher. I mean, Tito saying they tried to trade for him, they wanted to add him. Tito loves the crusty vet at catcher, so I think that's set. Um, and then, you know, I think they can't add a third guy. And I do think it's going to be Quinn and plain and simply go back to when we failed to land Sean Murphy. What did I say about this organization that they do not have? The one thing that they lack is elite speed. Like that is Oakland wanted the elite speed guy. Cleveland doesn't have that elite speed prospect. They don't really have anyone. I don't think they have anyone who's a 65 right now amongst their top prospects, like 60, maybe 65. There's definitely no one who's a 70. It's no. what they they lack throughout the entire system. What is Roman Quinn? He's an 80 on top of being, you know, a 60 grade defender at all three outfield spots. Enough arm to be able to handle right. Won't be necessarily the best there, but he's a, actually I think his arms pretty decent now that I, if I think about Savant data, but he's a strong defender. He runs really well. He has completely changed his launch angle. I, I'm I'm moving towards the camp where I think he makes this team and I think Palacios is DFA because again, I don't necessarily think he has enough value. So that's, hey, that's where it is. I just don't, where's the trade value? Who's going to trade for a guy without a position? You home? can, you can get something for him. It's, it, it might, I, you probably will get less than 
the guy they got for Benson, but I think uh I mean I think you get less top. than Anthony Castro. Yeah, He's for never oh, yeah, had more sure. value no. a year ago. I just I don't know, yeah. you know, it's you're not getting Ross Carver. I mean, I think Carver and, I mean, and the reason too is the reason I think we're both moving in that direction too is because they don't care if Roman Quinn doesn't get yeah. in the bat for a week. They yes. would care if Richie Palacios didn't get in the bat, but the thing is I don't think you can find. I don't think you can maintain Palacios' spot in the forty no. at the same time of, of maintaining Roman Quinn and and and, and also what the one thing else they also don't have is roster fodder. So yeah, Gallagher and and Quinn both later in the season serve as guys you can mm-hmm. DFA to create roster spaces later in the season. So and we said there's uh, only like maybe three to four guys that would add at the end of the year who are like absolutely have to be forty man added. You look at Rosario and those two guys. Hey, three spots right there. But yeah, I think Quinn brings an element they completely lack. He's a better defender. And if you want, you know, especially with the importance of speed and stealing bases, Roman Quinn has a lot more value than Richie Palacios right now. Especially this season with the new rules. And you could, you know, you could pinch run for Josh Naylor. You could pinch run for Josh Bell. You can pinch run for Mike Zanino. You don't got to pinch run for anybody else in this team besides those guys. Roman Quinn is that guy. Because you don't want to do with Arias. And he's Palacios is not as good a runner. And he's the perfect guy in extra innings to pinch run for whoever starts on second because he's almost exactly. automatically going to take third. Like he is, right. he is lightning in a bottle. He's one of the fastest guys in baseball. He will get that. And guy. they don't want to put Quan in center if they don't have to. Yes. So that gives them somebody they can put in center field if mm-hmm. Miles Straw needs a day off and they don't want to use Quan there. So yeah, or if uh, Brennan's playing and right and they don't want to do it. So it's like it just right. Yeah, I, I think it's happening. I think we agree on that. Uh, should we go Mika Logic next? Oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. So this is super quick um, because we got to move on to our next topic. But um, yeah, Nick Nikolajek is seeking a second opinion on his sprained UCL. UCL, I almost said UCLA. I don't know if he could sprain a whole college, but I mean, if you could, UCLA everything at UCLA, pitcher wise, (laughs) not yeah, they could. But uh, this is unfortunate for Nikolajek because usually a second opinion is is uh, not a great sign. So I hope he's not getting Tommy John, but. Second opinion usually is one of those things that uh, is a red flag about that. So, yeah. all right, Jeff, let's let's uh, we must hate ourselves. Miles Straw hitting leadoff. I'm kidding. Are you doing it already? Okay. <laughs> uh, I I really don't like talking about this topic is lineup construction because I think it's absolute hogwash uh, for the most part. I think it's very meaningless. There is like a little bit there, but it's like at the same time, just get your, your best players the most at bats, and and that's all. That's all you got to do. That's really not much else to it. And uh, a lot of people love to agonize over this. And I get it. It's fun. It's like a, a, a mock draft sort of thing. So this should be up to Jeff Daly. But um, oh, yeah. I, I do at the end of the like day, it. it's, it's not as consequential as people make it out to be. But because it does come up and because we are a week away from the season, we're going to talk about the ideal Guardians lineup. Jeff, do you want to hate yourself first, or do you want me to to show how much I hate myself first? Uh, well, I'll just say this: like I'm going to approach this the same way I approach OTP or Ultimate GM. When I set a lineup, I'm going to look at split data. I'm going to look at players. I'm also going to use the most advanced and up to date thinking, which is the most important spot in your lineup. Your best hitter should hit two, so I'm going to use that logic. And then I'm yep. also going to move guys up and down if they hit lefties or righties better. Like I think that is something important. Like you know, Mike Zanino is going to hit fifth for me against lefties and eighth against righties. Like that's just the way of it for me because Zanino absolutely destroys left-handed pitching traditionally. He would hit fourth if I knew he was going to hit how he's hit before against lefties. Like he has been, he was literally the best hitter in baseball two years ago and gets left-handed pitching in terms of power. So, you know, I'm going to look at stuff like that. It's not going to be, 
maybe not necessarily traditional. I will say I was kind of interesting. I didn't realize how big the split was on Stephen Kwan last year. It, it's pretty a 50 point split and runs creative plus. That means five derivations. That is huge. Uh, he was like against right-handers. He murders them. Uh, if you want old school 303 batting average, 386 on base, 425 slugging and 811 OPS against lefties. 285, 324, 315, 639. So nearly a 200 point different OPS. I didn't realize that. Did you realize that? I knew he was a little bit worse against lefties last year. I did not realize it was a and it's uh, it's a significant it's, split. So what's funny is, like I said, 80. And for those again, people get mad. Runs created plus takes all of the data, and 100 is average. And then if you're 10 percentage points below, you're a 90. So what's funny is he's an 85 and a 123. Ahmed is a 123, and then an 84. Four, I'm sorry. Uh, so it's he's a Stephen is a 135, 85. Ahmed is an 84, 123. They these guys should be flipping in the lineup. <laughs> they, yeah, they I have, agree. You know, it's like it, uh, so. My leadoff hitter against righties is Quan. Against lefties, it's Ahmed. And then I got Jose too. Uh, I got to kind of figure out. I probably put an Andres three based on last year. I know not everyone's going to agree with that, and he's another guy who. I mean, his splits last year were a 158 and a 135. Those are fantastic. There was He wasn't even allowed to hit lefties at the start of the year, but the data was still excellent with him. Um, so, you know, just going through, that's that's my one, two, three. What are your thoughts before we, we move beyond those first three spots? You know, ideally, I don't think Cleveland actually has a, a leadoff hitter that I like a lot. I mean, by default, I would stay with Stephen Kwan just because of the track record and the skill set. Um even against lefties, I know it's not ideal, but you know he is the best fit right now. If I if I stay away from Quan and, and at leading off, I know people will say, "Why would you move Quan from leadoff?" Quan to me, I'm going to go backwards here. Quan because I agree with you. Jose Ramirez should be hitting second there. I know this; it, it, it's back a few ways. Uh, but Sky Kaufman, who wrote a great article, this is back in 2012, or I think the original article was 2009 actually, but updated in 2012 on outs on uh, Beyond the Box Score called Optimizing Your Lineup by the Book. Um, your, your number three hitter comes up to bat most often with two outs. Like, that's that's usually the case, what happens with mm-hmm. your number two hitter, especially start, start the, the first inning. Um, so I don't like Jose Amiris hitting third because I don't want the guy coming up with two outs. So in a picture perfect world for Cleveland, you know, everybody, all those things say that Jose should hit second. I agree. So Jose second, I I would rather have Quan third because if you're, if your number three hitter is going to come up with the bases empty, most of the time, Quan is a good guy to hit there because he gets on base a lot. Right. So that extends the inning for you to get to your cleanup guy. And then it gives your cleanup guy somebody on uh, when he comes up. So Josh Bell comes up with a runner on. If you have Steven Quan in front of him, he extends the inning. Uh, you know, it's great if Quan leads off and gets on base, but then you have, you know, the double play King and Ahmed Rosario hitting second. That's a problem. Then, That's why then, I have him hitting one when against right. lefties. Well, I, I could, I could get on board with that. I agree against that. I think again, I guess against right-handers, there's no ideal fit. Like I would even consider putting Jose Ramirez in leadoff. I know the lack of runners on is probably not ideal for that, but you know, the, the name of the game is, is get your best hitters the most at bats. So one or two for Jose, I think, uh, is ideal. But I would rather have Quan hitting third, just because, like I said, he can extend the inning if he have to, if he comes up with two outs. Because the book says 
your number three hitter comes up with two outs more often than not. So let the guy who is best at getting on base keep the inning going. So I don't know. I, I don't, Ahmed versus lefties leading off is fine. Jose two, Quan three, although even though it's not ideal against lefties, I don't really have, I guess against right-handers, you can put Jose first. Um, and I'd, I'd be willing to move Jimenez up to two as well behind Jose or Quan against righties. So that's where yeah, I'm like at. I said, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm doing the platoon and then I, you know, I'll explain where they go the rest of the time that I'm doing Jose and then, and then, uh, Andres just because I want to get, uh, want to get my, my best hitters up. And right now those against lefties Let's... that that's it. But first, before we get into the, you know, the four, five, six and the seven, eight, nine, let's take our break and talk about our good friends over at FanDuel and the tournament is heating up and there is no better place to go than fanduel.com you know them you love them they're america's number one sports book and that's because right now they're giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win just go to fanduel.com locked on sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. So if I'm coming in at four, um, Josh Bell, again, for his career, has a 120 against righties. So he's definitely my four hitter against righties. Um, and probably against lefties. Um as well. He's probably just number four, my fifth hitter um, against righties. You know, I talked about the disparity for uh, Stephen Kwan. Uh, Josh Naylor says, hold my adult beverage. 139 against righties. And they are 140. So he just destroys righties, but a 53 against lefties. He really should not be playing against lefties at all. Um, so Naylor at five is absolutely deadly. Uh, I might even consider moving, flipping him and Bell. But for now, I'm going to go Bell and Naylor. Um, and then when you're facing lefties, I'm actually going to put Quan at five, which I know is non-conventional, but since I'm having him hit lead off against righties against lefties, I still want to get him at bats. I still believe in him, even if the data isn't there. Uh, so then my six hitter against lefties is, uh, is Mike Zanino. Cause again, he two years ago was the best hitter in baseball against lefties, uh, in terms of power. And then against righties, um, in that six spot, I'm putting Oscar Gonzalez. Yeah, it's fair. I agree with you. I, I mean, you could you could put Naylor four against righties and uh, he and Bell against them against lefties. The thing is, Naylor needs to sit against lefties. There's no yes with Josh Bell here. There's no need to put him in the lineup against left-handers, and that's why I said the other day there's still an open spot for this team um, for a bat. Like if you can chop Bromon Quinn's spot and turn that into a bat eventually uh, to platoon with uh, with Naylor and keep Bell in the lineup which you will, but yeah, I agree. So I could see Naylor against, against uh, righties hitting fourth and bell fifth. And then against lefties, bell fourth, Naylor out of the lineup. Um, fifth. I think I like Oscar fifth against lefties a little bit. And I mean, Jimenez was fine against lefties last year, but I'm, I'm not inclined to put him. I, I don't know. I guess you could put him fifth. He was, he didn't have any sp splits there. I think you can be fine. I, I would go him in as actually more contact. Um, the same amount of aggression as, I mean, for, for Jimenez's on base percentage last year, a lot of it was buoyed by uh, hit by pitch, whichever one that's why everybody's concerned about regression with him. Right. Um, the hit so by pitch is, is remarkably consistent. 
Like that is yeah. literally the stat that translates the best from the college to the pro game for the minor. Like that is guys who get hit the by scoring. pitches, get hit by pitches. Like it's just yeah. it's where you set up. So I could, I could leave him fifth and put Oscar sixth. Um, or I guess you would have Jimenez sixth against righties because you're having, you're having Naylor fifth against righties. So against righties, Jimenez six against or Jimenez six, and then against lefties, hit him. Well, didn't you have Jimenez up. up against righties? Didn't you have him in your like top three? No, I didn't. I didn't really settle on it. I said okay. I could be persuaded. I don't know against righties. I would just be fine. Yeah, against righties. I mean, you could lead off Jose and put Jimenez second and Quan uh, third. I guess so that that way. But uh, yeah, I would have Oscar fifth against lefties, and then. Um, yeah, I guess I I just keep Oscar fifth then if I move Jimenez up. It's either Oscar Oscar or Jimenez are hitting fifth for me against lefties and then righties, it's Naylor. And then after that, uh you know, I'm I'm okay like what you said, putting a med lead off against lefties, but if not, uh seven is fine for him, and then Zanino Straw rounding out the order for me. So for uh seven, eight, nine for me, just to go out against right handers. So I've got, uh, I'm going to put Ahmed at seven um, because I got him there. Uh, the eighth spot then goes to Zanino and the ninth spot to Straw. That's speed at the bottom. And then yeah. against lefties, the seventh spot is going to be Oscar, which is kind of nice to have him there. Like just the way yeah. that extends your lineup down. The eighth spot is going to be Gabby Arias or Will Brennan, whoever you're having platoon with Naylor. And then again, ninth spot is, is Straw. And again, think about how nice that sounds. So I'm saying, you know, Oscar in seven and it's, it's not, none of it is illogical. Um, people may not love it. Right. It's a little weird, but like, so that total, so if you're like, well, what does that end up looking like? Okay. So my right-handed lineup is Quan, Jose, Andres, Bell, Naylor, Oscar, Ahmed, Zanino, Straw. My left-handed lineup goes Ahmed, Jose, Andres, um, Bell, Quan, Zanino, Gonzalez, Gabriel, Arias, Will Brennan, Straw. Yeah, I didn't mention Brennan, but wherever I would have Oscar, whether it's uh, six or seven, I mean, Brennan there. Yeah, I, I would probably say against lefties, it's, it's, uh, I, you know, I'll go with your, I'll go with your take on Ahmed there. So I would go Ahmed, Jose, Quan, Bell, Oscar, or I'd go, no, I, I flip him in as an Oscar. I put Oscar six and, you know, a match, and then I put uh, uh, straw at nine. And then against righties, you got, I got to find some way to get Brennan in there against right-handers instead of, uh, instead of Oscar, but you can literally swap in and out those things against righties though. I don't know. I guess it's a little bit tougher. Um, you can leave Quant topper or, or Jose up there. I don't know. As long as Jose is hitting second and, I don't know. You can fit and Ahmed's not hitting second and he's only hitting at the top of the order against lefties. I'm fine, but we all know it's not going to happen. We already know what the lineup's going to be. It's not a question. Like you could bet it's going to be Quan, Ahmed, Jose, Bell, Naylor, Gonzalez, Jimenez, Zanino and Straw. And everyone is going to lose their, you know what, on Twitter, uh, on the open day lineup. So what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the guardians and era. I'm sorry. Bally Sports Great Lakes announced uh, they're going to have some, not changes, but some additions to the broadcast team, which you might think that's strange because um, they're going into bankruptcy and the Guardians, Bally Sports Great Lakes is one of the, the channels they are trying to drop. 
because they lose more than they make. Yeah. You lose uh, money. Let's bring in more people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I have, I'd have to hear the, the reasoning behind it before I judge it, but it certainly, you know, raises an eyebrow without context. But, uh, so former Indian Pat Tabler, uh, my mom was a big Pat Tabler fan, not not for his baseball skills, but, you know, whatever. My buddy Tom um, somewhere is doing backflips. <laughs> uh, he was with the Blue Jays previously, so he will uh, be part of the broadcast team this year, along with uh, former uh, backup catcher Chris Jimenez, who you might remember from, I think he was on the 2016 roster before when Jan Gomes was hurt. Wasn't he the one and who then, gave all the comments in Zach Meisel's piece on Grady Sizemore? Like instead of having any interview with the, it was all Chris. I thought, it, right. I thought that was maybe it was. I can't remember who it was. I thought it was Josh Barfield, but I could be wrong. Um, or that was the fan graphs piece. Maybe I don't remember. Yeah. I think it was the fan graphs uh, piece was Barfield. And I think Jimenez was the, uh, was the Grady. It was the, uh, Meisel piece. Yeah. And then Ellis Burks will be part of that, uh, that too. Ellis Burks didn't spend a lot of time here, but he was, he was good. pretty good for a couple of years. Yeah, he he was the lone offensive bright spot in that 2003 team, which he sh- unfortunately was a part of the end of his career. That 03 team was pretty bad. So Pat Tabler will join Matt Underwood in, in the booth for select games. And then him One and the, Jimenez. Uh, almost like greatest Jimenez hitters with the bases first. loaded is Pat, Pat Tabler Ellis based Burks. on the comments. Oh, Pat Tabler. Okay, wow. Oh, I, so I remember that now. Yeah, so uh, Chris Jimenez and Ellis Burks will be part of the rotation with uh, the Guardians live crew before games. So... Yeah, new new faces, new voices on the Guardians broadcast on Valley Sports Great Lakes. They're still keeping everybody who previously was a part of the broadcast. No changes there. Uh, I, I don't wonder know. if there's yeah. any degree of like the MLB takeover. Like if we know this is going away, like didn't Ellis, Ellis Burks, I felt like at one point in time worked for the MLB. Like, is there any degree of like this tie to, to that? Or is this just like, uh, hey, let's make hey. everyone have a... The, the classic, we're going to move you to a part-time and hire so many part-time workers because that's cheaper than full-time. That That is my thinking, but I mean, you don't know that for sure. I don't want to comment, but uh, MLB has come out and said multiple times with, throughout this process, especially Rob Manfred saying I, they would like to keep all the broadcast teams that teams already have out there. So I don't think they're looking to make a lot of changes to that, at least not this year, because you know maybe in the future, who knows? But I think right now they're talking about not uh yeah not well it's just a lot of ways that way the guys they've added like for the future if they want to do like more of kind of a central base it's like ellis burks is known to a lot of franchises he's a familiar face pat tabler has worked for toronto already he's now working in cleveland they're helping kind of elevate profiles in a way so that's why i brought that up okay and what's your explanation for chris jimenez uh, not, not, nothing against chris jimenez uh, there is i mean he could maybe they view him as a potential like you know rising star or maybe someone cleveland liked like i you know yeah. At some point, no, I mean, guys Hard go forever. Say. I still miss, I, I mean, I, you know, when I lived in New York City, I was, I, I would listen to Hegan and Hamilton and I still miss Hegan, um, you know, RIP, but uh, like guys yeah, will stay forever. So, yeah. I mean, Pat Corgan is, I mean, I, of course I will always, I will, I will carry that candle, but uh, I, I think maybe they feel like he's someone to mold. Maybe they think he's going to be naturally really good in that role. Um he has popped up in a lot of interviews recently. So the like, people do like talking to him. So maybe they just think he's a potential uh, asset. I know people really wanted Jason Kipnis. He did a, he did an inning in the booth there. I think he did a couple innings with Jim Rosenhaus in the spring. I just don't know if I he don't know wants if, that. Yeah. That was my thing was like, is he really going to commit to that? I don't know. I think he, maybe he was interested or not. And maybe the schedule right now is just not what he wants. I but, also like, he doesn't live here. Like, I think he's more of, you know, does he's always Jim been more of a chick- live here. 
Does, I don't does know. Pat Kavler? I don't know. We gotta I find know. out. But Ellis uh, Burks at one time did work for the front yes. office. And I, I want to say he also worked for the Red Sox and he might have been on their broadcast team as well. But I know yeah. at one time Ellis Burks was part of the front office if he's not now. But uh, he was with the Red Sox broadcast crew for like a season or something. So I don't know. I just, Interesting. You know, he's, I think Kipnis is Chicago, right? So I think he's that's, you know, he may end up trying to do something closer to there. Um, again, thank you all for listening, rating and reviewing. Uh, make sure to check out Thursday's episode because apparently you guys decided not to, guys and gals. So jump over. We have some, there's some great data in there. Uh, I just another shout out to John Sickles. He comes across really smart, and we are really missing him. Is since he doesn't write about baseball anymore, it, it's a shame. Yeah. So make sure to check that out. Get to see when I talk about like my two like parents of prospects, like the guys who raised me in prospects. It's it's Sickles, it's Callis. Those are the guys who who I who got me started. So uh, yeah. check that out from Thursday. Uh, thank you all for being part of the Locked On Guardians team. We appreciate you all, and go go Guardians, go.